So, what we built up in the Maimer is an appreciation of Torah. Torah is our direct access to the infiniteness of Hashem. Right, David Asher? It's our direct access to Hashem's Ein to the essence of Hashem. How are we supposed to have access to Hashem? So, first, the answer is in Torah, because it comes from the level of Chachma, and the level of Chachma is a level of Bittal, of Koyachma, something which is not tangible, something which you can't touch, you can't feel. And it's because of that bittel that it has room to be a marshal, an analogy, to communicate the Ein Seif of Hashem. And then, furthermore, it's in us. Through Galus Mitzrayim, our egos were carved away. And through Yitzias Mitzrayim, the Giluyim, the revelations of godliness that took place then, and by Kriyas Yamsuf, that introduced us, so to speak, initially to godliness. And then, when Hashem held the mountain over our heads and pulled us into this giant embrace, that called out in us, that tremendous sense of bittal and love in return with which we responded Nasa Venishma and then at that point we were ready to hear the Torah, to hear Hashem speak to us and say Hashem That was the idea that we built up so far in the Maimer and then we moved over to the story of Purim and we started speaking about Mardukai. We said that Mardukai is a Ben Yemenite Ishyamini. <coughs> However, in the Megillah before it tells us that he's an Ishyamini, he's from the tribe of Binyamin, it first tells us that he's an Ishyahudi. That's how it begins to introduce him. Ishyahudi, Ayyabishushan Abira, Ushmay Mardukai Ben Kish, etc. Ishyamini. And Ishyahudi seems to indicate some gazunt that he's from the tribe of Yehuda. What's he being introduced from the tribe of Yehuda? Furthermore, when Haman expressed his desire to commit genocide to all of the Yidin, of course, in the headlines then it said that the Yidin want to commit genocide. That's what our enemies always do. They reflect their negativity Unto us in order to make us look bad. That's what they said about us? Uh, certainly. Oh, wow. But that's what Haman wanted to do. <laughs> to get rid of all the Jews. And when he wanted 
to carry out his evil plans, who did he say he wants to get rid of? Kol HaYehudim, all of the Yehudim. Seemingly, his plan was only against those from the tar- tribe of Yehuda. What about all of the other Jews who were living b'malchus Achashverish in the kingdom of Achashverish, who ruled over the entire in- inhabited world, as we've said? So in order to answer this, we explain that Yehuda represents the level of Bittal. The level of giving oneself over completely to Hashem. And the idea of Ish Yehudi is that Mardichai is the source, the inspiration for all of the Jews of his generation in this level of Bittal. Then, in order to explain this further, we said this is what Chazal teaches us about Mardechai, that Mardechai minatayr minayin, where is Mardechai hinted in the Torah? In the Pasuk Mardurar, which describes the spice which was used in the Torah, which was the mirror. And we said that according to some opinions, the mirror is the blood of a chaya, an animal called a yadua, which is a non-kosher animal. It's Hides were actually used in the in the coverings of the Mishkan, which we read about in these parshias, in parshas Truma. But its flesh is non-kosher. It's not allowed to be eaten. And despite the fact that it's not allowed to be eaten, its blood, when it congeals inside of Chatitris Shabbat Savara, inside of its windpipes. It gets congealed over there and then goes through whatever process it then goes through. It's able to be used as a spice in the Kateris. And not only that, but there is even an argument about it, whether it's allowed to be used in food, as a spice in food. A mushak. Mushka. Whether it's allowed to be used in food. That the opinion of Rabbeinu Yena, the author of Shari Tshuva, is that you're allowed to even eat it. While there are other opinions that say that no, although it could be used for its aroma, it can't be used for food. And what's the reason for the machlekes? Umachlekasam al pi chasidus. You see those words, Umachle Kasam al Pichsidis? You have it? We'll point out. On the six side, the six side, uh, the first. Page numbers are cut off in the staples, so it's hard to see. The, the, the first word on the page is Valderich Zeyesh Lefires. So the next paragraph, Umachle Kasam. You see it? Umachle Kasam al Pichsidis. The argument between these two opinions, according to Chsidis, Talui be Inyan Hanizkar be Gemar be Yuma. It is dependent upon a subject which is discussed which is mentioned in Gemara and Yuma. A very important discussion with regard to Tshuva. Gabi Tshuva. With regard to Tshuva. Im zidei neis nasu kish hagagais ay kezachies. 
when a person repents, his zedainus, his willing averus, do they become kishkagos? That I get. I insult you. Earl, you are such a stubborn person. And then I come over and say, I'm sorry. I apologize. And if you could find it in your heart, you say, okay, let's erase it. Let's forget it. Let's pretend it never happened. That's Zedainus, Nasu Kishkogis. I get that. If I really, truly repent, then we'll be able to erase it and start fresh and pretend it never happened. Right? But Zedainus, Nasu Kishkogis, may Averis become mitzvahs. How can my Averis possibly become mitzvahs? There's a story from Levi Yitzhak of Berdichev, who one time was arguing with a Jew who was behaving in ways which were contrary to Torah. And finally, in the course of this argument, Levi Yitzhak says, you know, I envy you. So this caught him off guard. It caught him off kilter. He says, Rebbe, what do you have to envy me about? Rebbe Yitzchak says to him, I envy you because if you do tshuva, you will have so many mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll have so many mitzvahs, mitzvahs which I myself have no access to. All I have in my suitcase are mitzvahs which are starting off as mitzvahs, but you'll have a whole different type of mitzvahs and so many of them. I envy you. And this penetrated him and it actually inspired him in the end to do tshuva. But how is that possible? How can the insult, I called you something insulting, so I'm so sorry. So now we're going to use that in a positive way. But the truth is, yes. The truth is that the negative does turn around to positive. After all, we spoke about this idea the other day that the first fight in a marriage is what solidifies the marriage. Why? Because the first fight is able to demonstrate that despite the fact that we still are not operating completely in sync. We're still operating as two different people with sometimes two different opinions. However, we still continue to love each other and overcome that with something greater than it in order to still be one unit. That's what it demonstrates. So the negative is actually demonstrating a strength which doesn't exist in the positive. And thereby, a yid who does tshuva from love, from deep, intense love to Hashem, he's able to show that despite the fact that I am not enveloped in Hashem's embrace by Har Sinai, I still, I'm still connected to Hashem. I'm still a Yid. And I'm still always going to be a Yid, no matter what. I'm still going to say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. And this is the, the, the essence of my life, of my being. Kishnehem Inyan Echad. They're both one idea. Shahu, that is, 
Mashahara Nepachlutoiv. The negative is transformed to positive through tshuva. That's the objective of tshuva. The objective of tshuva is to transform the negative into positive. Sharei haya yadua hanal. Sharei haya yadua hanal. Who yadaini? This chaya yadua. Excuse me. Come see the word. Chaya yadua hanal. This chaya called the yadua is the yadaini. It's the yadaini. Where is the Yedoini mentioned? It's mentioned in Parsha Shaftim. And over there in Rashi, in Rabbeinu Bechayet, it discusses it. The Yedoini is something which is mentioned amongst the powers of Tumah, of impurity. From the klipes atmeis, from the most negative darkness and concealment of godliness. as it says in the verse, This is about people who use various forms of black magic. So there's oiv, there's yedaini, and derishalamesim. Yid- Those are three forms of black magic which the Torah specifies. So the yedaini is something which is mentioned in the context of the darkest, most concealment, greatest concealment of godliness. The, the powers of Tumah and Klippa. V'lochein, and therefore, Zashahaya habaysem halaz, mutter afilu ba'achila, this that above mentioned baysem, was permissible, even to eat according to certain opinions, who kamoi, this is like that opinion mentioned in the Gemara and Yuma that through doing tshuva in a very deep way you are transforming the negative, not just negative into shigagas that will erase it and pretend it didn't happen but we're actually transforming the Aveira into mitzvah we're making this negativity into a positive force and a connection and a knot. Like if you have a rope which is severed and you tie it together with a knot in the place where the knot is now tied properly, it's stronger than it is in other places in the rope because it's doubled over, it's tripled over, quadrupled over in this place of the knot. It's much more powerful than it is in other places. And this is when the tshuva, let's just read till the end of this paragraph, this is when the tshuva is done from love, then has deinis nasu nepach mamish, that the negative is transformed completely to be good, to be something positive. It's a positive energy and a positive force and something which is inspiring me and motivating me rather than what it was earlier, which was a concealment and something pushing me away. And with regard to this, our sages say, that in a place where Bali Tshuva stand, Tzadikim Gemurim cannot stand. Since we're reading this, I'll just mention the classic 
things that I say about it each time. First of all, there's the story of the Rebbe Marash that was traveling once together with his chassidim during the winter, and they came to a river which was frozen over, and the Rebbe Marash sent one of the chassidim, I have to find out again who, who it was, because originally when I heard the story, I heard it with a name, to check if it was, if the ice was thick enough to walk on. And this chassid came back and he turned to the Rebbe Marash, who, um, because of the illnesses which he fought his entire life from childhood on, he was a larger person. And the he, he turned to the Rebbe Marash and he said to the Rebbe Marash that I, speaking about himself, the chassid, can go over this ice, but I don't know if it's strong enough for the Rebbe to go over. So the Rebbe Marash, who did have a very healthy sense of humor, turned to him and said, why not? <laughs> you put the chassid on the spot. What's the chassid going to say now? But the chassid was quick on his feet, and he immediately responded, because in a place where bali tshuva stands, sadikim gemurim cannot stand. So that, that, that was one thing. The other thing is the idea that they say amongst chassidim, that why can Sadiqim not stand in the place where Bali Tshuva stand? We're all Bali Tshuva, of course. So we can say it. This is what Chassidim say. Chassidim consider themselves Bali Tshuva. And the Rebbe is a Tzadik. So the Chassidim say that why can um, a Tzadik not stand in a place where Bali Tshuva stand? Because it smells over there. <laughs> it smells too bad that Sadiqim aren't able to tolerate the smell. It must be all Sadiqim and Zal. Yeah. Anyways, um, but what does it really mean, Alpipnimius? What's this idea of Makam Shabali Chuva That's like the story of Rablevi Yitzchak of Berdichev, which we mentioned. That Rablevi Yitzchak turned to this person, this potential Balchuva, and he said, You have a potential to achieve what I cannot achieve because I'm a tzaddik, and my entire life I lived only in a holy way, only doing mitzvahs, only staying in the straight and narrow. But you. You can take from other places, places that I have no reach, places that I have no access to, and you could transform that into positive. That's something I can never achieve. But their other opinion, it's not arguing. It's just describing a different level of tshuva in a tshuva that's not from Ava Rabba, from such great Ava over there, the willful sins are just made like non-willful sins, like shkagos. They're not transformed completely to be good. This is that opinion, says the Alter Rebbe over here, beautifully. This is the opinion that the mur, the mirror, does, even though it's reach, it's aroma, something which is positive, but you can't eat it. Why? Because it didn't transform completely to be good. So that's the tshuva from not such a deep level. And again, Rabbeinu Yena, who wrote the Shari Tshuva, speaks about a much deeper level of tshuva, and therefore Rabbeinu Yena, according to Halacha, permits it even to eat. So that's the two levels of mir. Now, Mordechai is this mir. That means 
that Mordechai is this potential of this transformation of negative into positive. And not just negative into positive, but according to Rabbeinu Yaina, this negative from the extreme negativity of Klippes Atmeis, Shoyal Oivi to the extreme positive of being part of the Ketiris, the most important um, the Aveda in the Beis HaMikdash, and even to be permissible to eat because it's the transformation from the complete opposite of good to the complete good. And that's Mardechai. And this is what Mardechai led his generation in. In this level of tshuva, a tshuva of complete transformation. And therefore the miracle occurred also with such a deep level of transformation. It was a complete opposite, a complete turnover from the that which that the Jews ruled over their enemies, that instead of the enemies obliterating them, the Jews were able to get rid of the enemies. Yes? Uh, You answered my question. Um, What does like Chaya Yedua refer to? It's a Chaya, which is called Yedua. And over here, the Alter Rebbe tells us that it's the Yedaini. A Chaya, which is called Yedua. And Yedaini is, is the Yedua. It's a Chaya called Yedua. What, what, is, what does it mean? Chaya, what's Chaya? Like, a Chaya is an animal, oh, an undomesticated oh, animal. Oh. Yedua is the name of the animal. And Yedaini is the, a, a different name of the animal, as mentioned elsewhere. Hmm. Isn't the Bashat for Yodoni, isn't it like uh, someone who like does like black magic? Right, exactly. And he's doing black magic with the bones of this animal. That's the, the, the power of this animal is connected to Klippa in its simple sense. So it's blood, it's chayas, it's something which is connected to the opposite of Kedusha. And the transformation is so extreme that you're even, even able to eat the blood. So Even the blood animal. of a kosher animal is usually per, for, forbidden. And here the blood of a non-kosher animal, not just any non-kosher animal, but a non-kosher animal, which is connected to the depths of Tumah, is transformed from one extreme to the other extreme, which represents the idea of Zedaynes Nasalek Zachyes, represents this complete transformation on Venapecha, which is why the Jews earned such a miracle from the tshuva that they did during that time. Is Mordechai helping him do this tshuva like as soon as he gets into office, or is it like only once there's the darkness of Haman that makes itself known? That's an excellent question. And the answer obviously is that as soon as Mordechai begins his leadership, he's immediately trying to help the Yidin to do this. But for the Yidin to listen to him, sometimes there's a push from outside which is necessary as we see so often in our own lives and history. Let's read further inside. V'hine Mardachai shenikra mira dachya Mardachai who is called this pure level of mir Hainu shahu mekar habitol That is, because he, Mardachai, was the was the source of bittel for his generation? Shahu bechinas yesoid abba. 
He is the level of Yisoyed Abba. Abba is the level of Chachma, which we said earlier, that's the beginning of Seder Hishtalshalos, and that is the source of Teirah. Yisoyed Abba is the level of Yisoyed inside of Abba, because we know that each of the ten spheres has ten spheres connected to them. There's Chachma, the Chachma, Bina the Chachma, Das the Chachma, and Chesed the Chachma, etc. Just like we have in the um, 49 days of Sphere Sa'imer, where we have Chesed the Chesed and Gvur the Chesed, etc. So Yisoid Abba is the level of Yisoid inside of Abba. Shachachma hi Kayachma. Chachma is the level of Kayachma, this level of Bittal that you cannot touch. And Ubechachma us is Bariru. It's with the level of Chachma that Isbariru that we're able to accomplish birr, the refinement. In other words, our job is to come here into the world and refine, transform the world. That the world, the physicality, the denseness, the heaviness of this world is created from the sparks that that flew out from the breaking of the vessels, the Shvira Sakelim of Toyu, and came here, they fell down in a way that they became Gashmis, they became physicality. And our job is to go and do Bir Nitzaitzis, to refine these sparks, to reconnect these sparks to this to their source. And this is something which is accomplished specifically with Chachma, because Chachma is able to take a step back from that which is seen. We, if we're operating on any level under Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gvur, etc., then we're operating in a way that what we see is what we translate as reality. And as soon as we translate into reality the things that we see around us, we're not able to accomplish birr. We're not able to accomplish refinement. Because those sparks are lost inside of their external mirage, their external fakeness. But Chachma, because of its bittal, because of its ethereal quality, is able to see a bigger picture beyond that which is in front of its eyes. And that's why through Chachma you're able to accomplish Bir. Mardechai was the Yisoid Abba, the level of Yisoid of this level of Chachma, the foundation of this level of Chachma. That means that Mardechai was able to help the Jews of his generation see a picture beyond that which is immediately in front of them. We'll go back to the analogy that we used of a couple fighting. Where a couple fights, what holds them together? What's able to hold them together? Chocolate. Seemingly, chocolate? Cho- the <laughs> Seemingly, where the where, where you have a couple which is fighting so what p- 
pulls them, what binds them together is their love, quote unquote. I'm putting it in quotes because the term love is so misunderstood. But what holds them together is their love. And therefore, as soon as they fight, they should fall apart. This is the way marriage worked before Matan before there was a concept of Kiddushin. Kiddushin is something which is introduced into marriage specifically for Yidin, specifically as a result of Matan The way that marriage worked before Matan is a husband finds a wife and they come together and they love each other, etc. And then the husband says one morning or the wife says one morning, I have I'm no, I'm no longer interested. I've lost my mood. I have a mood. I lost the, my, my excitement. And uh, they separate, and that's it. They're no longer married. In other words, what binds them together is their attraction, and the fight separates them. In Yiddishkeit, it doesn't work that way. In Yiddishkeit, what binds them together first, what initiates the Nisuin, before you have Nisuin marriage, you first need a step of Kiddushin. And therefore, also also in the separation, you need a get, a divorce. Because that's the only thing that can separate that which is bringing them together. The idea of the, the idea of Kiddushin is a deeper energy that brings together a couple. In other words, we're not looking just at the surface. When a chasna and kala are standing under a chuppah and they're coming together, the chasna and kala are saying, I'm not just going to love you right now under the chuppah where everything is beautiful and romantic. I'm going to love you forever. What does it mean I'm going to love you forever? You're going to love me forever. Maybe tomorrow you won't. The answer is when a person appreciates what true love is, what proper love is, is that I'm expressing a commitment and a unity together with this other person, which is there greater and higher than and in a way that overshadows any external circumstances. I'm one with you. We're a unit now. We're one. And if I stub my toe, I don't chop my toe off because it's hurting. If I have a disagreement with my spouse, I don't walk away because we're fighting. I would just add, it's, uh, it's what you're looking for in your, in your shaduchim. You're, you're not just looking for the list. You're looking for a person who has an almost unexplainable something about them that you're pulled to before you have your first argument. And, and that's why it's important to find that person. Who, yes, they're non-negotiables, but there's something about them you can't explain. And so after you have your first argument, that something about them you can't explain is still there. And, it's, and it becomes clearer then. It becomes clearer. Okay, we had an argument. That's ancillary. This, I had a bad day. That's ancillary. This thing that we found those years ago, those weeks ago, whatever it was, that core is what you're looking for in your shidduch. Excellent. Because that will, that will get you through everything. Excellent. And this 
is what Mordechai was able to help the Yidin of his generation recognize. Again, Mordechai led a generation of Yidin that faced a threat, an existential threat that the Jews had never faced before and have never faced since to that degree. It was the greatest existential threat that the Jews have ever faced. And we faced some pretty big threats. So what was Mordechai able to help the Jews recognize? That our connection to Hashem has nothing to do with anything. Our connection to Hashem is our essence. Here we are, and we're being pushed down, and we could say, God, why are you doing this to us? I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. And instead, what am I saying? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Aleikeinu, Hashem Echad. The Jews being marched down to the to the gas chambers in the Holocaust are singing, Ani Mamim Bemuna Shalema. I believe with perfect faith. What's going on over here? Where is this coming from? So this comes from the Ishudi, from the Chachma, from the ability to see outside of the picture in front of me, that I'm not stuck in just what I see in the mirage of this world. I know that there's a bigger picture. I know there's something deeper. There's something greater than my mood today. There is a kiddushin which is binding us together. There is an essential bond which is much, much more than whether the sun is shining or the rain is falling. And that's why Mordechai is called Ish Yehudi specifically. Because Mordechai was the source and the leader for the Yidin's Bittel during that time. But Haman, boo, Haman, no, you're supposed to, <laughs> Haman was the opposite, Vihine Haman, haya halumas zashal bechina zedafka, Haman was the opposite of this level, Haman and Mordechai were the greatest adversaries, Haman and Mordechai were the greatest opposites, so if we've identified Mordechai as the Yisoyed Abba, we've identified Mordechai as the Ishihudi, we've identified Mordechai as the ability to see the bigger picture, the ability to go beyond that which is in front of me, the ability to be bottled to something greater than me. That's what Bittal means. Bittal means it's not about me. That's what Bittal means. It's about something bigger than me. It's about something deeper inside of me. It's not about me, about my selfishness at this moment. It's about a greater unit, about something so much bigger. And Haman is the opposite. Haman is, it's all about me. Haman was so self-centered, he couldn't see past his own nose. The king called him in and said, whom shall I honor? And his immediate thought is, whom does the king want to honor but me? That, that's the only thing that Haman could think about. So Haman, he was the opposite of this level. As he said, Who should the king want to give honor to more than me? He was a yesh. This is the problem of Haman. When we say, Boo Haman, 
when we're, we're, we're trying to drown out Haman, what are we trying to drown out? We're trying to drown out Yashos. That's what Haman is. Haman is the ultimate Yashos. He was a Yash, he was a something in his own eyes. He was a something. This is the beauty of Chsidis, that Chsidis helps us be a nothing in our eyes. It's not important. We're not so important. And your, your smile to me or frown to me or, and so on and so forth are not so important. It's not all about me. But Haman was the opposite. Haman was everything about me. And the more I am a self, the more separated I am from the other. This is the way it is in our analogy of marriage, and this is the way that it is in our analog of our relationship with Torah, with mitzvahs, with Hashem. The more I am a yesh, the less I'm connected to Hashem. The more I am thinking about myself, the less I'm thinking about Hashem. The less I'm thinking about God. The less room I'm making for him, like we said in Katz Ryan, the less room I'm making for God in my life. Leimar Haman would say, Ani va'afsi oid. I exist, and afsi oid, there's nothing besides for me. Oid besides for me. Ephes, there's nothing. Ani va'afsi oid. I exist, and nothing exists but me. I exist, I exist, tell the world that I exist. That was Amun's song. Let the whole world know that I'm here. Ki haya mizera amalek. Maybe a triangle represents this in a very strong way. Ki haya mizera amalek. He was from the children, from the offspring of Amalek. Uksiv, and it says in the Pasuk, Reishis goyim amalek. The beginning of all nations is Amalek. In other words, there are seven nations which lived in Eretz Canaan, which was needed to be transformed into Eretz Yisrael. Seven nations represent seven negative traits. We have seven midas, seven traits, seven attributes, and those seven traits need to be transformed into positive. What's the source of all negative traits? The source of all negative traits is the gaiva, the arrogance of Ammon and of Amalek. Kizai in Umais, the seven nations, Haknani, Vachiti, Chulu, Shebepasuk, Hinzai, Midais, Ra'ois. They are seven negative traits, such as Taiva, Desire, Ritzicha, Murder. Now, why does a person come to desire something? What are you desiring? You see it and therefore you need to have it. The other person has something and you need to have it. And what leads a person to murder? It all comes from Gaiva, from Yeshus. It all comes from arrogance and self-centeredness. That I think that the world is all about me. The Amalek Hugasus Haruch. Amalek is haughtiness. Vehu reishis lahem. And he is the beginning for them. Kigasus Haruch, because haughtiness, self-centeredness, yeshus, he sheirish kol hamidah It's the source of all negative traits. 
Velochein Ahamon, and therefore Haman, who is the opposite of Mardchai. Mardchai is all about Bito, and Haman is all about Yashos. Haman, Shahu Bechinos Gasos, who is a level of fatness, of thickness, of heaviness. So he saw Mardechai, and he saw that Mardechai refused to bow down to him. What was Haman's single objective? His single objective was to make the whole world bow down to me. You need to bow down to me because I am the center of the universe. And Mordechai refused to bow down to him. Why did Mordechai refuse to bow down to him? Because Mordechai is bitter, he's the antithesis of Haman. And therefore, he can't bow down to Haman's yeshus. And Haman said, who is this? They told him it's Mordechai. He says, why is he refusing to bow down to me? Because he's a Yehudi. Because he's a Bittle, a bottled person. So Haman said, I need to destroy this Yehudi. And not just this Yehudi in Mordechai. I need to destroy his entire nation. Because Yehudim are every single Jew. And even if they're bowing down to me, in essence, it's not something which is truly representing their thoughts because in essence what's deep inside of every single Jew is Hashem Aleikeinu Hashem Echad is a bittle to something greater than him and therefore Haman said he has to destroy the entire nation of Yehudim because they were a level of bittle the opposite of Haman's Yashos and Gasos they threatened his very essence. They threatened to be a pin to his balloon. Haman is all blown up with himself. And you take a little bit of Mardukhai, a little point, and prick it into that balloon and pop. It's all gone. Vim hayu kaifim chas v'shalem hayu lahem klum. Now, the Mimer points out that, as we mentioned in the last class, had the Jews been kaifer, had the Jews chas v'shalom, rachmana litzlan, rejected their Judaism, had they given up their Jewish identity and said, we are no longer Jews, they would have taken the target off of their backs and they would have just been able to blend in with all the other Madais and Parases and all the other nations of the world amongst the 127 nations of Achashverish and be d- dissolved into nothingness. They wouldn't have done anything to them. Because the Gzeira, the decree of Haman was only on the Jews, not on someone who projects himself, who identifies as a non-Jew. Ach, kulam ke'echad li'ala al-daitam machsheves chutz chas v'shalom. All as one, the Alter Rebbe says. And this is something which doesn't have over here any source outside of the Maimur. 
So clearly the Alter Rebbe knew what was going on inside of the minds of every single Jew generations earlier in the time of, her, of, of Mardukai. And the Alter Rebbe tells us, he testifies to us in this Maimer, that that not even one had even a thought outside of Yiddishkeit, God forbid, of giving up their Yiddishkeit. And then we see practically that they were ready to be Meiser Nefesh, to give up their lives for the unity of Hashem. This is the above-mentioned level of Bittal, which we spoke about. Masr is giving up? Masr is giving up. Masr is giving This is the above-mentioned level of Bittal. And that exists in potential by every single Jew. Every single Jew has the potential for this bittal. Every single Jew can find inside of himself a readiness to be Meisr Nefesh. Look at the amazing Yidin in Eretz Yisrael. The soldiers of the IDF that they come from all walks of life and yet each one of them is ready to be Meiser Nefesh for the safety and security of Klal Yisrael for the oneness and wholeness of Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael this Mesiris Nefesh exists by every single Jew even the simplest Jew, is able to be Moser Nefesh practically. Not to be separated from Hashem's unity, blessed be He, in any way in the world, in any which way. This, that a Jew transgresses, God forbid, other sins. In other words, if he's ready to be Meiser Nefesh, then why is he living a life where <coughs> he's sleeping in for Chassidus Rahman al-Islam? Chas v'shalom, lo Right? How could such a thing be? If he's really ready to be Meiser Nefesh, then how come... Maybe his food isn't to the highest level of kashras. Maybe his Shabbos observance isn't as wholesome as it should be. How could such a thing be? He's ready to be Meisir Nefesh. So the Alter Rebbe says over here, as we've learned in Basi Legani at length, in Perik Gimel and Dalid of Basi Legani, that it's because of the Ruach that fools him. It fools him. It makes him make a mistake. To think 
Ta'os is the root of the word. Lachshev, to think that he's not becoming separated from God. He threw the above-mentioned sin. Even Shalavish tzitzis, because he puts on tzitzis, and he has tefillin, and he puts on tefillin, he wears tzitzis and puts on tefillin, so he thinks, I'm a Jew. If I sleep in for tzitzis, I'm still a Jew. But when something comes and tests that essential Jewish identity, then, Bishum Eifan, he's not ready to submit to it, and he's ready to be Meisir Nefesh, literally. But, the inspiration of that came from Mardechai, from Mardechai Hatzadik. However, when Mardechai inspired it in them, it's not that Mardechai was some type of guru that was inspiring them with something outside of them. What Mardechai was doing was he was lighting the Pintaliyid inside of every single Jew. Like the Rebbe told people more than once in Yechidus when they tried to understand what is a Rebbe. The Rebbe said, you have a neshama. The job of a Rebbe is just to ignite that neshama. Once the neshama of a Jew is ignited, then he's ready to stand in the greatest level of Bittal and the greatest level of Mesir Snefesh without anything standing in the way. And this is where we're going to continue to discuss in the following section of the Mimer what exactly is this Mesiris Nefesh and how this Mesiris Nefesh represents a complete Bittal and how that complete Bittal was similar to the Bittal of Nasav and Nishma that the Jews said by Har Sinai when they accepted the Torah and therefore what is the essence of the Yom Tov of Purim? It's not another time that we had some type of military victory. The essence of the Yom Tov of Purim is Kimu Mashakim Lukvar. The essence of the Yom Tov of Purim is that the Jews solidified and concretized their Nasa Venishma because the Nasa Venishma came as a result of an embrace from Hashem, the mountain over their heads, and the acceptance and love of Purim the Mesir Snafish of Purim came as a result of the Neshama inside of them. Um, is there a difference? Is, is Shtus the Kedusha a expression of Mesir Snafish? And if it's yes. Like, and, and also, that means it, it would be illogical. There's an, I mean, there's yes. a, sorry, irrational. Mesir Snafish is completely irrational. Right, but Shtus the Kedusha... Shtus the Kedusha is Shtus. It's irrational. By definition, it's irrational. Okay. okay. Okay, we'll stop over here for today. So, would you 